the Action Network podcast. It was time for the long-awaited overdue celebration to commence. Go pack your bag! Go pack your bag! Goals to win, not just to go! All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch! They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown! See, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. Real excited to bring you our sixth annual Propapalooza episode covering all things prop betting for Super Bowl 58. Reminder to use bonus code ACTION when signing up at BetMGM to get up to $158 in bonus bets. When you bet $5 for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Today, I'll be joined, as always, by my co-host, the odds maker, the most accurate projector in the game, actions director of predictive analytics, Sean Kerner. Sean. What's going on? What's up? Uh, I'm not sure what I'm more excited about, you know, giving out some Super Bowl props or having the band back together with Friedman, you know, joining us for the show. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I was going to give Friedman the whole intro, uh, the whole intro, but uh, you just kind of spoiled it for us. So uh, without further ado, uh, special guest on today's show, you know, uh, old friend of the show, head of betting at Fantasy Life, Mr. Matthew Friedman. What's up, Friedman? We missed you. Yeah, it's good to be back on the show. I think I've done every prop of Palooza. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think it's like I have the right of first refusal. Uh, so <laughs> even though I'm long gone, you guys bring me back. Uh, you you suffered the indignity of having me on the show yet once more uh, for the prop of Palooza. But it, it's awesome to be back and especially talking the Super Bowl because I mean, like this is the game like we've got the full slate of like the full menu of props unlike anything that we see at any other game any other time of the year so this is fantastic uh really looking forward to talking about all these bets with you guys yeah i mean we have the full menu of props i'm sure sean already moved the market on like all of the punting props so uh, we'll see <laughs> oh, yeah those are long gone <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll those are. We... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so we're gonna talk we're gonna talk uh our two favorite each so we'll have a little sunday six pack here i uh, will also talk uh some pre-game exotics some uh the mvp market touchdowns uh scoring props you know quarters and stuff like that we'll go player props and we'll talk some uh other team props so really just the entire menu like you said freeman but uh let's jump right into our uh super bowl proper blues a six-pack uh, Sean, I'll go you first with one. Friedman, you, I'll go, and then we'll we'll run it back. So, uh, Sean, where are you going with the uh, first pick of the Super Bowl 58 Propapalooza Sunday six-pack? Yeah, like Friedman said, you know, it's a full menu of props. These are two bets I've never been able to make before. They're two interesting markets. And the first one, I'm going with who's going to have the most tackles and assists in this game. And I'm going with Jair Brown at 75-1. to 1. Um for those that don't know who he is, he is the 49ers rookie safety. This is a great um, bet. Sorry, to I hear. had to give it out. I have to give it out because this it's going to move. It should be seventy-five to one. Uh, 
it should be closer to like 15 to one odds. And don't even take my word for it. Just look at the tackles and assist props. Um, you'll see Fred Warner, Nick Bolton, Dre Greenlaw. They're way up there. They should absolutely be the top three favorites in this market. The next two up are both safeties for, for each team, uh, Justin Reed and Jair Brown. Um, they both have, you know, tackles, assists, prop closer to six. Uh, Reed is plus 850 and Brown is plus 7,500. So that's everything you need to know right there. Um, and, you know, my my tackle and assist projections favor, you know, the, the linebackers a bit more. So I have this closer to 20 to one odds. But like I said, if you just use the market for this, he's 15 to one uh, implied. And, you know, last week, Brown had 10 tackles. I think there was a path for him to actually take this down. He had 10 tackles last week. A big part of that was, you know, he was involved in tackling Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown over the middle and, you know, tackling Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs when they got in the second level, which happened pretty frequently. That could happen here with, you know, Isaiah Pacheco getting the second level on his runs, uh, Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice over the middle getting a ton of catches. So this sets up perfectly for Brown. So I'm taking him to lead the game in tackles and assists at 75 to 1. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, Freeman, I don't know how you follow that up, but uh, what you got for your first uh, pick of the six pack? I mean, impossible to follow that up. And I'll just say, uh, I, I absolutely love that because he's also going to be the guy who is charged with uh, providing a lot of defense against Travis Kelsey. And I think Kelsey's going to be targeted a lot in this game. So that could be, you know, all the more reason for why uh, Brown ends up getting some extra tackles there. So love that one. Absolutely love it. I'm looking at, I mean, guys, do you remember when we had this matchup? Not exactly the same matchup, but these two teams in the Super Bowl four years ago. And a lot of the sports books were putting out fantasy point props. That was like the, the golden era. Because like, if it's hard enough for books to price accurately player props, it is although harder for them to price fantasy point props. And, you know, not many books do it anymore, but a number of books will do it for the Super Bowl. And I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes under 21 and a half fantasy points is something that is out there. And in the fantasy life bet tracker, I put this in there at minus 110. I still see it at minus 140 around the market. I still think it is bettable at that number. If you look at what Patrick Mahomes did in the 16 regular season games, he went over this number just three times in the postseason. The highest he's had is 18.6, which by the way is where I have this projected right now. The last time he went over 21 and a half was week seven when he was going against the chargers who gave him 400 yards and four touchdowns passing through the air. Like the 49ers are not nearly as bad as the chargers, the 49ers in their 18 real games this year. So not counting week 18 when they were been uh, resting a lot of players and their 18 games against starters. Uh, they've allowed a guy to go over 21 and a half fantasy points just five times. So I think this is a, a relatively tough matchup for Mahomes. Uh, and I think the, the chiefs aren't all that inclined to throw the ball all that much anyway in this spot. So I really like the under 21 and a half fantasy points. And I also kind of want to highlight it, not because not just because I think it's exploitable, but also like it is just like the prop that Sean mentioned. It is typical of like the types of opportunities that we have for the Super Bowl. Like it's not just, oh, you know, like uh, is this guy going to have, uh, you know, higher or like is he going to go more than like 21 and a half rushing yards or something like that? Like we can talk about 
like all types of props for this game. So fantasy points, uh, you know, we, we're all like fantasy guys, Patrick Mahomes under 21 and a half fantasy points. I just absolutely bet this. And as Raybon used to say, maybe he still says this, I would bet this to almost <laughs> any juice. Yeah, I still say that. And I I mean, I have it almost two points under as well. I think you have it like three points under, but yeah, this is this number is is way too high. So I, I love this one. All right. Uh well, mine is not quite as exciting as y'all, but uh this is my favorite prop. So I'm gonna give it out. Uh Mahomes not to throw a pick. Uh, and it's pretty evenly juiced on both sides. I think this should be more like minus 150. If you look at his career, he's thrown a pick in exactly half of his regular season games but only four of his 17 postseason games. He hasn't thrown a pick in each of his last six playoff games. Uh, and if you look at how he's playing now, his average depth of target this year has ticked under seven, which is crazy, but it's because Rasheed Rice has become such a high volume target and his average depth of target is like five. And they're also not playing Tony Hardman, uh, Ross and uh, and Sky Moore. Many snaps, they only played one snap outside of kneel downs. Well, those guys are responsible for seven picks on the year that that are just probably not going to get any uh routes run and then you just look at how Mahomes has been playing as of late he hasn't had a turnover worthy throw in four weeks that's the longest stretch of his career and just like the refs might give him some help too since he came into the league Mahomes has over 50 overturned picks no one else has even 10 so uh you know the refs you know people always complaining about him that might be a little extra to overturn if he does throw one so for all those reasons, like Mahomes, not to throw a pick, uh, we bet it up to 150, minus 150. All right, uh, Sean, pick number four, your second of the Super Bowl 58, Propapalooza, six-pack, where are you going? All right, so this is a never. This is a market I've never been able to bet before until now, uh, but I'm going with Richie James to have the most punt return yards in this game at minus 110. Uh, his main competition in this game is Ray McLeod, who is also minus 110. It's very likely that these two guys are the only ones who return a punt, although more on that in a bit. Um, I, you know, I think we can treat both these returners as pretty even in terms of how many yards they'll get per return. Um, but I, I dug into the numbers. I already did the punting props, of course. And I looked at the, you know, the return uh, percentage. And I think that Richie James is more likely to have two returns here and Ray Ram Cloud more likely to have just one return here. Uh, which is going to be absolutely massive for this market. Uh, but, you know, roughly 42% of punts have been returned this year. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod was very aggressive. He returned 51% of his punts this year, while Richie James returned 47 of his punts. But I dug in a little deeper and I looked at the punts they saw. And Ray Ray actually had a very easy uh, schedule when it comes to punts. Um, so he was actually expected to see an above average return rate, whereas Richie James had a very tough schedule. So it was actually incredible that he was way above league average. So going forward, I would expect James to have about a 7% more likely return rate than Ray Ray McLeod against an average punter. But this is this isn't even an average matchup of punters. Um, you know, San Francisco punter Mitch Wisnowski saw 44% of his punts return, so above league average. And that's because he tends to just boom it at a lower angle, you know, his hang time isn't that high, which is really good, you know, for returns. Whereas Kansas City's punter, Tommy Townsend, only had 32% of his punts returned. He tends to have one of the highest uh, hang times year over year, uh, and he doesn't punt it as far. So typically his punts are fair caught. Um, so just based on that, I think James has a much better shot of getting two plus punt returns. 
Whereas, you know, Ray Ray, like I said, closer to one. And as I alluded to, I think Richie James is going to get every single punt return the Chiefs have to offer. I don't think they're going to throw Miko Hardman or, God forbid, Kadarius Tony back there to return punts. But on the Niners' side, there has been situations in the past where they have a big game like this, and they let Debo return a punt or two. If that were to happen, I mean, just the odds on this are going to be way more in favor of Richie James. Uh, I'm not assuming Debo having a return here, and I'm still showing Richie James closer to a 60% chance to take down this market. I mean, you know me, anytime I can fade Ray Ray McLeod, I'm, I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, Friedman, what do you got? Okay. That was, that was an awesome one. Um, I can't, I can't approach it in terms of um, probably like plus EV, but uh, the one that I'm looking at right now is I'd say even further off the board in terms of props that people would think of. I'm looking at Marquez Valdez Scantling longest air yards from a single reception. And this is available at plus 980. And I just feel like that is outrageous. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is favored within this market. He should be. Um, you know, Justin Watson is not all that far behind. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling at plus 980 is, I think, really wrong when you take into account that last week he had a 96% route rate in the AFC Championship. Uh, Raybon, I, I believe you mentioned this previously on a show with Stucky. Like, we have seen... Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling really cement his role uh, within mm -hmm. that offense, which is pushed to the side. Miko Hardman, like he's basically been banished. Kadarius Tony is missing in action. Sky Moore is injured. Uh, and, you know, uh, Richie James is a very distant number four wide receiver. So MVS, if he's out there running over 90% of the routes and he leads both teams with a 17.7 yard ADOT, he doesn't need all that many targets to have a really good chance of leading the game with air yards on a single reception. So that is where I'm going. Uh, longest air yards from a single reception MVS at plus 980. Yeah. I like, I, I, I like that because I think MVS is the one guy where for the most part, I think we kind of know how the playing time is going to break down, but with MVS, it's like, 96% last week was, or last game was the highest of the year. Now, most likely, I mean, that was the most important game of the year. So has a good chance of repeating, but I think, you know, from a projection standpoint, most people are probably doing that a little more conservative and projecting them for like 85% or something like that. So I think there's uh, a little value on like all of his overs because he has that upside to essentially play every snap, which only increases, you know, the amount of dropbacks he's going to be on the, the amount of chances he has to get like that long air yard catch. So uh, I like that. All right, uh, for my third pick, the sixth overall, I mean, my second and the sixth overall of the Super Bowl 58 Propapalooza six-pack, I'm going with Eli Mitchell under one and a half carries. Uh, this guy had no running back snaps in the playoffs until the end of the conference championship game where uh, Christian McCaffrey just landed on his head. And I don't think in the Super Bowl that Kyle Shanahan plans to get McCaffrey, uh, take McCaffrey off the field. And if he does... I think there's a really decent chance that Debo Samuel uh, could actually be the backup running back. So I, I doubt that Mitchell sees any carries. I mean, that's been kind of the, in the important games this year. Uh, we've really seen uh, Shanahan not take McCaffrey off the field, whether it be Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell backing him up. Uh, so I think, you know, he had, you know, a handful of carries in that conference championship. 
So books are setting his number at one and a half, but uh, a half is probably more, it's probably a fair one because uh, I don't think he's getting in the game unless there's an injury. And that's this, that's what this is kind of accounting for. So uh, Elijah Mitchell under one and a half carries. All right. Let, so let me uh, let's recap this six pack uh, real quick. So Sean, you had most tackles and assists Jair Brown and then uh, Richie James to beat Ray, Ray Ray McLeod in punt return yardage. Uh, Freeman, you had Mahomes under 21 and a half fantasy points and MVS longest air yards from a single reception. And I had Mahomes under an, uh, a half an interception and Eli Mitchell under one and a half carries. All right, let's uh, let's get into some some fun stuff. Just some some game, some more game props that we like. Uh, we'll start with pregame exotics. Uh, either of you guys have anything on that one? Well, I usually just tell your national anthem props, <laughs> yeah. so I'm I'm waiting to hear it. Okay, so I, I think <laughs> right now I'm seeing the number for for the amount of seconds that Reba McIntyre takes for this national anthem uh, in the eighties in the eighties in the high eighties still. I would bang that over in the last 16 Super Bowls. The average has been 119 seconds. The median has been 117 seconds. And, and McIntyre is fast, but this happens every year because we've been doing this for a lot, a lot, few years now. And every year, people are trying to time the individual singer who's singing it based on their past uh, renditions. And every single time, it results in a, I think, a soft number in the market because. It's the Super Bowl. They're always going to go a lot longer. So just to put that in perspective, I'm I'm seeing the number at 86 or 87 and a half at most books. The national anthem over the last 16 Super Bowls has never been shorter than 90 seconds. Uh, 75% of the time, it's been at least 110 seconds. So uh, I think that yes, she might be on the hot the the quicker end, but I don't think she's going anywhere under 90. And if I had to guess, I think it, I think she'd still go over hundred just cause that's what we've kind of seen in the past with some of these singers who have, you know, really short renditions otherwise. So uh, I'm banging this uh, over 87 and a half uh, seconds for the national anthem. Nice. I love this. I love this. Uh, <laughs> when you, when you mentioned before the show that this number was 87 and a half, I, yeah. I could not believe it. Cause typically it's way higher. Like even if you are adjusting for the idea of, okay, a country singer, maybe she sings a little bit faster, uh, like old woman lungs. Maybe she doesn't have like the breath capacity for <laughs> it to be like a long well, damn. Wow. You know? Like not you know old man, saying? just old woman. Like, damn, I'm just bro. Saying, like, even like, if, even if you're making those, <laughs> even if you're making those adjustments, <laughs> Even if you're making those adjustments, this this is just this number's off. So yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely agree. And I don't think uh, she's gonna get too nervous and rush it like nerves. As yeah, a factor. yeah, I don't think she's no. gonna have any of those. No, it's uh, like I I've seen this every year. I mean, I I think the the books are kind of going off the past renditions, which I don't think is the proper way to um kind of handicap this market. But uh, let's get into uh to more bets that ha actually have to do with the game, and you know everyone's favorite is always the Super Bowl MVP. So, Sean, uh, I'll start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the MVP market? If you had to make a bet, uh, who who's your choice? Yeah, so I don't have any official plays for this market. You know, obviously it's usually going to be a quarterback, but they're so juiced down, I don't see any value there. Um, so I think if we're going to take a long shot on somebody like our T. Higgins, 60-1 to 1 from a few years ago, I'm going to have to go with Debo Samuel. Uh, you can get him at 33-1 to 1 right now. Um, you know, a uh, wide receiver has won this in two of the past five seasons. Um, Cup won it in 2022, uh, but 
if the Bengals hung on one, that would have been T. Higgins because mm-hmm. he had two touchdowns in that game. One of them was a pass from Joe Mixon. So that was key. You know, he had two touchdowns. One of them it wasn't even from Joe Burrow. I think that's the path that Debo has to MVP, right? So, um, you know, he could have a big game as a receiver, but also potentially as a runner. Um, so if he ends up getting 30 plus rushing yards and a rushing touchdown and a normal Debo receiving line, uh, he would definitely be at the top of the list for MVP. I could see them giving it to him over Brock Purdy. Um, so that's why I think, you know, it's hard to say there's like a ton of value here, but I think he's definitely worth a flyer at least at 33 to one. Yeah. And like he hasn't had one of those games yet this year where he's had like the 10 rushing attempts that right. could be coming in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, every, that's the talk is like, can, can Kansas City's run defense hold up? So I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Debo sets a season high in, in carries for this game, which obviously helps him because, you know, it, it also has leverage on McCaffrey in that case, right? Like if Debo yeah. gets a rushing touchdown exactly. or something, that's that's going to directly uh, hurt McCaffrey. But with that being said, uh, Friedman, I know you like McCaffrey, right? So uh, talk to me about him. Yeah, I mean, I lean towards McCaffrey. I haven't bet it in. I, so I think the bigger picture is that, um, I guess two things. In terms of McCaffrey, you know, I think the general thesis during the season that a lot of MVP voters held against uh, Purdy was that McCaffrey is the more important player within that offense. And that general idea could still hold uh, during this game. Um, but kind of big picture, I generally don't want to be betting in the MVP market when I could be betting in uh, like on an SGP and kind of thinking about like, what are the things that need to happen for this guy to have a realistic chance of winning the MVP? And if uh, I go to an SGP and I type those things in and I get better odds on the SGP, then I'll just bet the SGP. And if I don't get better odds, then I would bet the MVP. But almost universally, you get better odds betting the thesis through an SGP. So for instance, let's say you like Christian McCaffrey right now, he's around plus 450 to win MVP in the Super Bowl. Like what are the things that that need to happen for him to win MVP? Well, the 49ers need to win. He needs to score at least a touchdown. He probably needs to go over like 120-ish scrimmage yards. And I would say Brock Purdy probably needs to have, I would say, under one and a half touchdowns. Like that's not like all necessary, but like that general thing gets you in the direction of McCaffrey winning MVP. And if you put all that together, that's like eight to one. And, you know, depending on uh, where you're looking. So mm-hmm. I would just say, if you have a thesis about why a guy might win MVP, just think about it, play it out and, you know, put it into an SGP and see if you get better odds. I did not have like over one and a half uh, mentions of the word thesis on my bingo card for this show, but. Uh... <laughs> well, I did with Freeman on. Yeah. It was minus 200. <laughs> Oh, that's why you're the odds maker. He's the odds maker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I I like both of those. And I'll talk about a couple of Chiefs guys because I think the Chiefs are a little undervalued in the market, uh, in just on the spread itself. So naturally, I think they're gonna be a slight, they're gonna be some slight value on some of their players in the MVP market. I think the first is obviously Travis Kelsey, if you're looking, you know, to pivot off of Mahomes. He's had a, a touchdown in eight of his last nine playoff games, 13 of 17 with Mahomes, 18 touchdowns in 17 total playoff games with Mahomes and then San Francisco's defense, they have good numbers against tight end, but I think that's a little bit over overstated because if you look at 
the good tight ends they face, Sam LaPorta, nine catches for 97 yards, Trey McBride, 10 for 102, uh, and Hawkinson, 11 for 86. So I don't think that Kelsey's just going to be shut down or anything like that. You know, we saw him uh, catch the first touchdown in the year for a tight end on Hamilton. So I'm not too scared of a guy like Fred Warner or something like that. I think uh, Kelsey's still going to win uh, his fair share of routes. And then if you look at like for, okay, how could this, how could a pass catcher win instead of Mahomes if the Chiefs win? Well, Look at last year. He went 21 to 27 in the Super Bowl for 182, but he had three touchdowns. But we know touchdowns are kind of volatile. So if he only has, like, let's say one touchdown and it's Kelsey and Kelsey goes over 100 or something like that, uh, it could very well be uh, Travis Kelsey. So, and, and another thing that I noticed is if there's ever a time where you get like fatigue of a quarterback, you know, it's usually that third one after they win two. And Mahomes has already won two. When Brady won two, Deion Branch, like Deion Branch, won the third. And then Brady won two more with the Patriots. And then Edelman wins one. So this this has been the time, if, if you, like, if you're looking for a precedent for a pass catcher to win, even if you have, like, a legendary all-time quarterback winning. And then the other guy is Rasheed Rice. And he's got much better odds. He's 60-1. Uh, to one, And uh, his numbers, if you look at his receiving yardage in the market, his prop is about five fewer yards than Kelsey and his – receptions are pretty much equal right around six and a half so really you're just looking at touchdown variance if you're looking uh kind of like the same reasons reasoning as kelsey and rasheed rice i mean this guy it's kind of going under talked about but like he has no relation to jerry rice right in jerry rice's first three postseason games you know he had uh not even half as much as many receiving yards as rasheed like rasheed rice has 10 more catches over 100 more yards than Jerry Rice in his first three playoff games. So he's, he, this guy's a baller. Uh, I think he could easily win it. He's averaging six catches for 70 yards uh, since week six. So uh, I think there's a lot of value on him, even compared to Kelsey. Uh, but I really like kind of hedging them both, you know, taking Kelsey and taking Rice uh, as a way to kind of look, to kind of look at the Chiefs, uh, a Chiefs pass catcher, not Mahomes uh, getting it. So those are, those are my two uh, favorite MVP bets. Yeah, I like that. I'll say I I had the same general idea with Kelsey, but I put it in an SGP. And and so like what I did was betting the Chiefs to win, betting Kelsey to score a touchdown, Kelsey to go over 100 yards, and then taking the under on Mahomes' passing yards. So under mm. 261 and a half. And like that gets you some really big inverse correlation uh, that results in 32 to one odds. So like, I, I, I see the path, like you could easily see how it happens. Yeah. And you could do a, you could do a couple of them. Cause you could do another one where it's like uh, Kelsey to score two touchdowns and kind of do yeah. it, like maybe not the hundred yards, but the two touchdowns or something like that. Um, and I will say this too, uh, another chief who I think, and you know, running backs never win it, but you know, this chief's team is so unlike, uh, and, and I'd say the Niners too, like these, like these, they're, they are good defensive teams. They have quarterbacks that obviously could put up big numbers, but there's also a scenario where like Isaiah Pacheco scores two or three touchdowns. And like, we saw that with Damian Williams and he didn't don't, get it, but that, don't, yeah, don't. yeah, I know. But like, that was, that was, uh, you know, Mahomes had Tyreek and he had Kevin, they, they still put up big numbers, but there's a chance like Mahomes, as you mentioned, Friedman, he hasn't really been putting up massive numbers this year and he hasn't had to because of the defense. So if the defense plays well, Mahomes doesn't put up massive numbers and Pacheco gets, let's say, both of the Chiefs touchdowns and they win like 17-14 or something like that, it's going to be hard not to give it to him. So he's 28-1 to 1, 
another guy I would uh, I would consider in this market or go like the Friedman SGP route and, and kind of get yourself to a Pacheco as well. There are still multiple times a year that I have this quick thought of like, I can't believe Damian Williams didn't win Super Bowl MVP four years ago. Like it's, it's still something that just like flashes through my brain. Yeah. I mean, I think it was kind of the way things unfolded late too with Mahomes hitting Hill for that big catch. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it was a lot playing into that. Uh, all right, let's go to touchdown markets. Uh, you know, these are always, uh, I would say, kind of tough for us because, as, you know, as guys who project these things out, I, I would say the touchdown markets tend to be a little overjuiced, um, but it is a Super Bowl. Uh, it, it is kind of fun to kind of find find some some long shots here or just some guys that we think are good values or decent values because we know people are going to bet them. So, uh, Sean, you're up first. Who do you like in in this market? In, the, in either anytime or uh, first touchdown or, or whatever you may. Yeah, so like you said, this is a market that I think is pretty sharp. Uh, so it's hard to find too much value, especially on the studs that you'd like to bet on. But I do have a lean on a long shot. I think Noah Gray at plus 950 is offering some value. Uh, you know, he has two touchdowns this year. And while he's, you know, clearly Travis Kelsey's backup, he is on the field a lot more than your typical backup tight end in the red zone. Um, the Chiefs use two tight end personnel at the eighth highest rate in the red zone, three tight end personnel at the fourth highest rate in the red zone. Uh, and with Joe Tooney, it sounds like he's going to be out. I could see them leaning towards more heavy personnel at times in this game. Um, and Andy Reid, you know, he likes to get creative in the red zone. And Gray's the type of guy where, you know, could benefit from San Francisco, uh, you know, putting too many resources on, you know, Kelsey or Rice. So they could have a sort of a trick play designed for Gray near the red zone. Either way, I have him projected closer to plus 700. Um, like you said, it's usually hard to find value on this, but I think, you know, no gray at plus 950 is offering some value here. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, like you said, the Chiefs have increased their heavy personnel a lot. And I think he's actually, because I, I, I initially thought that it was like just early in games, but they've actually increased it a lot to later in games when they're leading. So it's another one of those things you could also parlay or like his last touchdown, uh, Odds oh, are also interesting yeah. because usually tight ends, heavy personnel guys, you're thinking early in the game and uh, like fourth receivers, fifth receivers, you're thinking late, you know, teams are coming back, but um, it's ha the Chiefs have been using that personnel late in games too. So, uh, but yeah, I like Noah Gray as well. Uh, Freeman, what are you thinking? All right. I'm going to be chalky. I'm Christian McCaffrey. Like his, yeah. his odds are minus 110 to minus, uh, sorry, minus 210 to minus 225. And I have this projected around minus 275. And I will just say, I feel like this has been a little bit of a cheat code throughout the season where it's like McCaffrey has just almost never been priced high enough in this market. And it's, it's like that meme of like the genius on one side of the spectrum and like the idiot on the other side. And they both have the same opinion. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like, like, like people could like who sharp, who are sharp betters. And then like square betters could both get to Christian McCaffrey. Cause like the square better could just be like, Oh, Christian McCaffrey, he scores a touchdown every game. And the sharp better could be like, Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Like he has such uh, outstanding work uh, inside the five yard line and like point out everything about the 49ers in terms of like the metrics that explain why Christian McCaffrey scores so many touchdowns. But I think he's a near or as close of a lock as anyone can get to scoring a touchdown in any given game. So Chris McCaffrey at minus 220, I think there's value there. And I'll say if you don't if you don't like laying that much juice, totally understandable. 
I think there's actually a way of leveraging this even more of parlaying Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown and taking the under on his scrimmage yardage. So uh, 131 and a half uh, scrimmage yards. And I would say like normally there is correlation, not normally, there is correlation between yards and touchdowns. But with someone like McCaffrey and with a uh, scrimmage yardage total that high, uh, the correlation is much, I don't know, much uh, weaker. And like what really matters for Christian McCaffrey is not the number of yards he gets in this game, but uh, like the number of opportunities he gets inside the the five yard line. Uh, and that is basically uncorrelated with the number of yards that he gets across the game. And I'll just say like, even if McCaffrey has a, a subpar game where he has like 120 yards or something like that, he still has a really good chance of scoring a touchdown. So uh, McCaffrey in the, let me see, the eight games uh, this year in which he had uh, fewer than 130 and a half scrimmage yards, he still scored a touchdown in all of those games but one. So I think uh, there's pretty decent opportunity here. I have, uh, I got this at plus 219, Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown in under on the scrimmage yardage of uh, 131 and a half. So I, uh, I think Christian McCaffrey on his own to score a touchdown is fine. If you don't want to pay the heavy juice on that, I think parlaying that with the under on his scrimmage yardage is a way of bumping this up to uh, like plus 210, plus 220 to make it a little bit more palatable, but still getting some value there. Yeah, I mean, this guy scored in 15 out of 18 games. So he is, I mean, like you said, the near nearest to a lock. And the books are in a tough spot with McCaffrey too because they want to still take action on it but they don't want to juice it up so high, you know, that it's yeah. like people don't want to touch it. So uh, I think it's, you know, it's not too crazy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, would, I have it, I, I got probably fair value just under minus 200, but I mean, we're talking like a couple of cents of juice here. Uh, another guy like that for me uh, is Travis Kelsey. You could get him at even money. And I, I think, again, I think the market is just kind of saying, oh, San Francisco's really good against tight ends, but they haven't really been great against good tight ends. And Kelsey still scored in 13 out of 17 with Mahomes, eight of the last nine playoff games. So uh, still like his odds of getting in the end zone. I think usually you'd see a guy like Kelsey, he would be, you know, minus 150 or something like that. But because of just the season he's had, he hasn't really played the amount of snaps that he's been playing in the postseason for much of the year. He didn't even clear like a 90% route rate, I think until after the buy this year. So um, I think you're getting a little value there, but far as long shots, I think Richie James is interesting because I was at that Super Bowl last year. I watched Sky Moore score his first touchdown of the season uh, on his only catch of the game as the number four receiver for Kansas city. Uh, I watched Canarius Tony who barely played on offense. I think he was the number five wide receiver. Uh, he scored a receiving touchdown in, in that game as well. So Richie James, He's he played 17 snaps, ran eight routes as the number four wide receiver in the conference championship. McCole Hardman only one snap. Uh, Justin Ross, no snaps outside of the kneel down. So uh, Richie James seems like he's locked into that number four role. And uh, that with Andy Reid kind of scheming things up, uh, if if Kelsey doesn't, if they if Mahomes throws one and Kel, it's not Kelsey, obviously it could be Rice, but you know, defenses are obviously going to pay the most attention. It could be a, a random guy like Richie James. So uh, like Hopefully he just returns a punt for a touchdown. Yeah, I was about Please, to say, and yeah. he gets a couple extra cracks. Gets a couple yeah. extra cracks if uh, you know if he gets some punts. So uh, eleven to one, I think those are those are fun odds. And one other guy I'll mention, uh, you know, kind of going off your Noah Gray uh, prop, Sean is Blake Bell at thirty to one. 
he, you know, Kansas City's not only increasing their one-two personnel, but their one-three, which is three tight ends on the field. And I think another important thing for Blake Bell, because uh, you mentioned, you know, these guys, these guys are going to be used in the red zone uh, the most. That's where you start seeing like the third tight end coming in. Kansas City doesn't sneak at the goal line because Kansas City doesn't sneak, right? So that because they don't sneak, they have to think of other ways to kind of other plays to draw up. And we've seen Blake Bell in the past actually get a quarterback sneak, like a tush push. Uh, same thing with Noah Gray. So I think that's where some hidden value is in addition to just like a little play action to Pacheco or whoever and just and just launch it up to Bell, who no one even knows is on the field. So uh, if I like uh, I like both backup tight ends, all tight ends, all three tight ends for the Chiefs, uh, Kelsey, Gray, and Bell. One of those guys. I love this. Be. The the bell dozer, <laughs> former college yes. quarterback, uh, Richie James in the, the hashtag revenge game going yes. against the 49ers. And yep. uh, by the way, you know, uh, Rayvon, you mentioned um, the 49ers against tight ends. And you mentioned earlier, Trey McBride and Sam Laporta. The 49ers have not been nearly as good against tight ends after they lost Hufanga. I think yeah. that was in like week 11, yep. you know, and, and that's why Jire Brown is on the field really in the first place. And like, he's been exploitable going against like tight ends. There's no one else like Kelsey, but McBride and Laporta are the guys most like Kelsey mm -hmm. since Hufanga was injured. And those guys just absolutely went off. So like, yeah, I mean, that goes to your Kelsey scoring a touchdown. It goes to Kelsey MVP. Uh, like, I think if the, uh, if the chiefs have a big game, uh, a lot of it is because of Kelsey in this spot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I like, you know, the hedge with Rasheed Rice for MVP, just because, you know, he's, his odds are so long that if this doesn't happen, but Mahomes is still Mahomes, it's probably going to be Rice. Although MVS, if he runs those 196 routes, maybe he, maybe we should be considering him too. But uh, let's go to uh, scoring props by quarter. Uh, this sounds like a Sean thing. So Sean, what do you, what do you got here? <laughs> I think it's really, I just took liberty of just props by quarter. Um, okay. And I, I took a couple earlier in the week. They they were offering uh first quarter receiving yards, which I've seen at times. It's not common. And usually it's just for studs, but I saw Justin Watson at three and a half yards. And I did a double take. It's like, they took his full game projection divided by four. And there you go. There's his first quarter receiving yards. So I hammer the under for him and Juwan Jennings. I haven't seen Juwan Jennings up yet, but just look for him to come back. Watson's down to minus 180, but I still like it there. As you guys would say, I'd bet that down to any juice. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to Watson, you know, the, the full game, he's closer to 1.6 reception. So about 0.4 for the first quarter uh, using the back of a napkin math here. But that's only about a 34% chance he'll even catch a pass in the first quarter. So this prop should really be just over under a half yard uh, with the under, you know, minus 200 or something like that. But they, they gave us three free yards too. He has three catches this year out of his 30 catches that have gone for three yards or less. So we're getting a little cushion there. Um, but, you know, just to take it a step further, he only has four catches in the first quarter all year. Usually when he is getting receptions, the second quarter and the two minute offense. So just, I'm already projecting this at like minus 230 and if you just factor in the fact that he doesn't see many targets in the first quarter it should be closer to like minus 300 so i still like it minus 180 and again keep an eye out on juan jennings prop they might float it back up there at some point and if it's at three and a half hammer the under yeah i think the watson makes a lot of sense because for a couple of reasons number one 
he's much better against man coverage. Uh, San Francisco plays mostly zone. I think you're going to have to get them out of their zone uh, like the, the Lions did. So if that is not probably not going to happen by the first quarter, then the other thing, and you saw this last week, Sean, uh, Watson got like his second catch was like behind the line of scrimmage. He got wiped away, but that's Thank been God. a trend, right? Yeah. That's been a trend though, <laughs> because with rice playing so well, his average after target, remember it's like five and he's a high volume guy getting yeah. like a eight to under five i've noted i've actually went back and looked and watson's average up the target has come down uh, a few yards so like on the season him and mvs are like yeah these both of their very deep targets but watson has actually come down a few yards over, like as rice has become like an every down mm. player so um those two things you know i think really kind of lend themselves to watson not uh even catching a pass in the first quarter but even if he does you have that little extra cushion of maybe it's another one of those like cheap dump offs behind the line or like a wide receiver screen or something yeah. like that uh all right uh let's go to just regular uh player props uh uh, uh let's see who we got so, okay so freeman you have more than sean so give me a couple here and then i'm gonna go to sean he looks like he has two and then i'll come back to you for your last two Okay, well, I took a, a glimpse in the outline earlier, and Sean had something in there about Pacheco. And I think it was a Pacheco versus Christian McCaffrey matchup. So I want to see what, what Sean has to okay. say about this, because I like the Pacheco side of this. I got this at 23 and a half yards, uh, you know, uh, plus 23 and a half for Pacheco. Uh, you know, you know, minus 110, minus 115. And I think there's value there on Pacheco because both of these defenses are pretty vulnerable against the run. If you look at what Pacheco has done in the playoffs and what he's done since the bye week, which was in week 10, and you compare that to Christian McCaffrey in the playoffs, McCaffrey since the week nine bye, Pacheco has actually outcarried McCaffrey on a per game basis. And if I like the Chiefs in this spot to win, but even if I, you know, just think that this is a competitive game, not sure who wins, I think there's still a pretty decent chance that Pacheco and McCaffrey end up having roughly the same number of carries. And if that's the case, I think 23 and a half is too big of a cushion to be giving to Pacheco. But I, I wonder if Sean has opinions on this and maybe Sean sees it differently. Uh, no, I was going with a different market completely. So I'm in agreement with your uh rushing yard uh prop but I, I was going the receiving yard route not to give too much away all right yeah i mean yeah go for it oh okay so i'll just go to my pacheco prop uh so i'm going with under 23 and a half receiving yards it's a bit juicy at minus 175 uh but this is a prop where you can use my super bowl prop calculator that i gave out yesterday um where you can plug in any yardage any lines and get uh, percent edge and this is actually showing a bigger edge than under 16 and a half receiving yards for Pacheco just getting those extra seven yards is critical um, and you know Pacheco's receiving usage went up way after Jarrett McKinnon was placed on the IR back in week 16 you know his routes run rate was 40 percent with McKinnon active and 60 percent with McKinnon on IR um, and McKinnon returned to practice it sounds like he's going to play so I think that if anything, he's going to eat into Pacheco's receiving usage. Uh, even more reason for them to just give him every single rush attempt possible. Uh, but just factoring that in a bit, um, you know, that lowers Pacheco's floor ceiling combo in this market. So, um, you know, I'm projecting Pacheco closer to like minus 250 on this specific prop. If, if you would rather go the 16 and a half under at minus 115, that's fine. But I'm just showing way more value getting these extra seven yards and just paying, you know, minus 175 juice on it. 
Yeah, I, I think we started uh, when we did early props, Sean, uh, on that episode. I think the fir- one of the first ones I, I talked about was I like Pacheco to like finish with the most rushing yards. So Friedman, I yeah. mean, that kind of goes both of you. It kind of feeds yeah. into both of you. I think yeah. he's a little undervalued in the rushing market uh, and maybe a little overvalued uh, in the receiving market. Uh, okay, Sean, you still have one more, right? Yeah. A- oh, yeah, just go. Let's go ahead. Go. And then we'll go back to Friedman. All right. So that I, so first of all, I loved Freeman's prop over like the longest air yard reception. Um, I have a similar one. It's the same concept where they're going to use next gen's stats for this, but it's who's going to be the fastest offensive ball carrier. Ooh. Um, and uh, call me crazy, but I'm going with Chris McCaffrey at plus seven ninety. Um, and this is uh, this is a market where I, I went and I looked at who who had the longest uh, or the fastest like play in every game for both teams this year. And it looks like it's, this is a top heavy market where it's going to be either Debo, Pacheco, Ayuk, Rice, or McCaffrey. That's it. Or, you know, one of the punt returners, if they do get a long punt return, but that's it really. Um, And, you know, when you just look at the fair odds on that, most of these guys are getting six to one odds or better. So it's really take your pick. But I just think that Christian McCaffrey has the best value here. Uh, He has the fastest speed among all players on these teams at 20.93 miles per hour. He did that uh, back in week two on a 51 yard carry. Um, if anything, I would say Pacheco should actually be the slight favorite in this market. He has the most 20 plus mile an hour um, runs or catches this year. Uh, but just getting Christian McCaffrey at the tail end of this market at plus 790 uh, feels a bit off. I think it should be closer to like plus 400. That's how much value I'm showing on this, but I I love this one. I can't believe I get to take like a Christian McCaffrey long shot like this, but I think this is just a mispriced market. Yeah. And he's going to eat, like he should get the most opportunities in the game to do this too, which is is massive in this market. Uh, Okay. Friedman, what else you got? Yeah, that's, that's a great one. I love that one, Sean. Uh, I have two Purdy props that are kind of correlated. It's not that I think Purdy is going to throw a ton of attempts in this game, but uh, I do have him, uh, with more passing yards than Mahomes. Let me actually let me rephrase that. I have them projected very similarly with Mahomes having a slight edge, but Purdy versus Mahomes most passing yards. Uh, I can get Purdy at plus one twenty five, and I think that is enough to make it compelling uh, to take Purdy uh, over Mahomes in that situation. Especially if I think the Chiefs are going to win, which maybe then forces the 49ers to pass the ball a little bit more. And I also have Purdy uh, throwing an interception at minus 115 odds. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any opinions on those two props there. Uh, Yeah, no, I think, because I think, so I think the the Chiefs are a little undervalued. So in that situation, I think game script would be working in your favor. And it's like, I think the market, that's probably why you're showing value too, uh, relative to the market, because um, I think, you know, when you look at the 49ers, They've had all these blowouts this year, right? So I don't even think Purdy's cleared like 30 pass attempts more than a handful of times uh, all year long. So this is a game where you now you're playing what could be the most competitive game of the year. So yeah, I think there's a very good chance. And like we talked about last year in the Super Bowl, you, you would have never thought this, but I think Jalen Hurts had what, like three over 300 and Mahomes had a, a buck 82 and it was a 38-35 Chief win. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a, a, a lot of ways that this could, uh, that that could hit. And with the Purdy yeah, interception, sorry, with the Purdy interception, 
if you look in Raybon, I think you mentioned this in a previous show that you did, but if you look at the games in which he's really exploded, it's been when exploded in a bad way. Uh, it's been when he's going against really good defensive coordinators. And that's the situation that we have here. So, yeah. you know, Purdy normally he stays pretty clean, but when he's been challenged by a really sharp defensive mind, that's when we've seen him get a little bit dirty and, you know, over 0.5 interceptions at minus 115. I just think there's a little too much value there. Yeah, his worst game. Uh, so uh, 75% of his interceptions have come against Cleveland and Jim Schwartz, uh, Baltimore and Mike McDonald, uh, Minnesota and Brian Flores. And yeah. uh, and, and there's a fourth one in there, but uh, Cincinnati. Since he, and, and Rumo yeah. was really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, all like and over half of his turnover where he throws on a year too. So it, it's, that's kind of been the, the, the thing. And Spagnola might be better than all those guys, especially when you're talking about playoff spags who uh, famously shut down, helped shut down uh, Brady on that, in that undefeated yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Sean, were you saying, were you saying something about you had? To I was say saying about- I, no, I was saying, I agree with that. I feel like Purdy's passing yard prop is a little bit low. Uh, I'm not really touching that, but I think it does make sense to take him, you know, like against Mahomes because the attempts will be there. It could be a potential trailing game script. Um, and maybe his efficiency does take a hit, but he, he does seem like he has a really high floor in this game. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I think you got one more, right? Freeman? Yeah. One more, one more. This is disgusting. It's a, I mean, it's a kicker prop, but look, I'm talking with Sean here. Who's like just punting on punters. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I literally, I, I can't get any, any more disgusting than that, but I will say Harrison Bucker over one and a half field goals. I was projected close to two. I have it projected at 2.1. So, uh, I think there's a little bit of value there and we have seen, uh, Andy Reed, uh, recently in the playoffs, like recently, I mean, like the past three, four years, get a little more conservative with the decision-making in the playoffs. So Bucker uh, has historically had more field goal opportunities in the playoffs. And, you know, he's got a sufficient leg. He's a pretty accurate kicker. So I think if he gets two field goal opportunities in the game, he's got a pretty good chance to converting both of them. So uh, over one and a half field goals for Harrison Bucker. Yeah, Andy Reid is notoriously conservative. Like he's going to take the points. Uh, if he if he gets the opportunity, so uh, yeah, don't hate that at all. Especially because I also think again the Chiefs are just a little bit undervalued in the market, which just bumps up uh, yeah. Butker's field goal projection. Yeah, and uh, that a was bit more. I got that at uh, minus one ten, minus one fifteen, and I I think it's you know still bettable there. I already gave a couple player props out in the six pack, but I one I want to talk about that. Uh, I I'm kind of, I was kind of thinking about and then. Sean, you mentioned uh, that McKinnon's prop looked like he's leaning toward playing. So I just want people to kind of be thinking about this now. Uh, mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards-Elair under 14 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair has been essentially in a McKinnon light role, like not quite getting as many uh, you know snaps as McKinnon, but he has been playing on some passing downs, some third downs, and, and getting a carry here, carry there. But uh, if McKinnon plays, Edwards-Elair is probably – but just doesn't play. I mean, there's a chance he could be a healthy scratch um, if P Ryan like is needed more in special teams. But more likely, it's like he'll he'll just be the number three running back, and he would he probably wouldn't even get a, an offensive snap if McKinnon was back. So, uh, like, and in the last game, in the, in the last two games, he's had three touches. So he averages under five yards, like four four point seven a touch. So three touches is still like still under this number. It's, it's still like around 14. So even if he even if he has the normal role that he's had all postseason, uh, he still has a decent chance of going under that. But if McKinnon is activated, uh, then you're getting massive value. So I just wanted to throw yeah. that out there. 
uh, now. You guys remember uh, a few years ago, we were all excited about this guy. First round talent in the Chiefs offense. Now we're talking about him being a healthy scratch. And, As he was uh, last under... Super Bowl. <laughs> right, right. I'm just saying. I, I think we were all, all three of us were very excited uh, about this guy. Yeah, man. At one point. Pour one out for uh, CEH. I mean, when once we saw Pacheco, though, it, Pacheco was like, yeah. all right, this guy's a baller, too. Uh, and then who was it this year? Uh, Daenerys Prince. That that uh, that never came to fruition. But uh, 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 oh, okay. Any other any other props we got? Uh, Sean, it looks like you got uh, another one. Yeah, well, this is just a lean for me right now. It's not an official play yet, but the longest field goal under forty seven and a half yards. Um, you know, based <laughs> on the well, what's so funny? I'm just laughing. Uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing because. Uh, Stucky literally, I think, gave out uh over forty seven and a half. Oh, so now, well, I'm, now I'm very interested. I want to see who has the better uh the better. Well, argument. this again, this is just a lean. I've <laughs> given out like a hundred props so far. This hasn't <laughs> made the cut yet, but just based on their data this year and how many field goals are expected to make, I'm just going off that. It's about a sixty two percent chance of staying under. Um, however, I haven't done my process of trying to prove myself wrong, where I eliminate <laughs> a lot of bets. And sometimes I come out with a bet. I haven't gone through that process yet, but I was comfortable giving this out because I don't think this is going to move, but I will look into this. I'll get back to you, but I might be on the under. And I was going to say with Friedman, you know, uh, Butker is like an amazing kicker, but I don't, I don't think he's going to make a hundred percent of his kicks over 40 yards yeah. going forward. So there could be some potential regression there. Um, but again, this is a lean for me as of now, it's not an official play yet. Uh, Freeman, anything else on your end? Uh, no, I think I think uh, I'm good here. I mean, I I just gave out a a field goal prop. I feel like that should be the end of it for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll close this out. I got a couple. Uh, one is one I, I did talk about earlier. It's still I'm still seeing it at minus one fifteen, and that's uh, the Chiefs is the first team to use a challenge. Um, Andy Reid the last three years has cha- just more challenges. Uh, 0.28 per game. To Shanahan's point two. So just by that, you know, I think Reed is a little bit more likely. I think it's more like minus 140 uh, that Reed is more likely. Now it could very well push if no team uh, uses the challenge, but I, I do think uh, that the that Reed and the Chiefs are more likely uh, to throw the flag first. And then uh, one other one is this is more like if you want to add it to like a same game parlay, but I think the two point conversion, no, like for there not to be a successful one. Uh, is underpriced. It's minus 350, but I think it should be minus 450. Uh, all, these teams have combined to go for two only once all year. And I'm obviously factoring in a bunch of regression. So I'm projecting Kansas City, you know, like their normal rate to be about 7%, San Francisco about 6%. Uh, but then, and even with this game being, you know, closer than the average game with just a, a two point spread and all that stuff, I'm still getting about uh, about an 82% chance of there not being a two-point conversion. So I think it should be minus 450, uh, just over minus 450. So uh, it's one of those, I'm sure people aren't going to want to bet with all the juice, but if you want to add it to like a uh, a parlay, I think that has a, a pretty good shot of hitting as well. You know, I lied. I have one more, but it's more of a question. I'd like to get your okay. guys' thoughts on this one. So I'm looking at MGM right now, and you can get at minus 375 touchback on the opening kickoff. And that one feels a little bit intriguing to me because both of these coaches are pretty conservative. I feel like they would both just be satisfied with like, hey, let's take the touch back at the 25 uh, and start out from there and make sure that we don't get any bad field position or anything like that. And if you look at uh, Bucker, I think he has like a, an 87.5% touchback rate on his kicks, like a super powerful leg. 
uh, not the case for Moody, but earlier in the year, the 49ers were kind of experimenting with like trying to pin team. So yep, like, yep. like, so yeah, so Moody's touchback rate isn't really representative of the leg that he has. And then, uh, even if he doesn't have the leg of Butker, uh, I think kicking it to the chiefs, they have only 12 kick returns this year. Like they are just like much more incentivized just to like take the yards at the 25 and start from there. So I feel like kind of regardless of whoever is kicking and receiving in this situation, we are likely to see a touchback. So I, yeah, minus 375. I know it's like heavy juice, but I kind of don't think it's heavy enough. Yeah, it should. I mean, it should probably be closer to minus 500 because I yeah. we talked about this on uh, the early prep episode too, Sean, but uh moody his first 68 kicks of the year uh 46 percent of them were returned like so you only got to touch back 54 percent of the time and then his last 34 kicks uh just 12 of them 12 percent have been returned so 88 percent he's right in line with butker and then you factor in the elevation indoors uh and just like you don't want to fumble the first kick return or something like yeah. so there's a good yeah. chance that uh both of these coaches are fairly conservative they probably tell their guys like yeah just fair catch it let's, let's live yeah. to see another day so uh yeah i think that one makes sense too another one of those things people probably aren't going to bet flat out even though there is value but definitely something you could uh throw in a a, a par way to kind of get yourself uh some more some more odds there so yeah i like that one boom there we right. go i'm betting it boom All right. uh, That is going to do it for us. Thank you, uh, as always, for listening to our sixth annual Propapalooza episode. Thank you uh, for hanging out with Kerner Friedman and I. Uh, As a reminder, if you're looking for our main betting preview episode with me and Stucky, that's live right now on this channel. Stay tuned later this week. We'll have a final Best Bets episode as well. And uh, that's going to do it for our Super Bowl 58 Propapalooza It's presented by BetMGM. You can use bonus code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, when signing up for BetMGM to get up to $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5 for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER uh don't forget more fantasy content from sean and i our fantasy uh flex pod will have uh, an episode out as well you can visit actionnetwork.com for all of our nfl betting and fantasy content fantasylabs.com for our dfs tools and models don't forget to check the discord server as well link will be in the episode description you can find matt on twitter at Matt F the Oracle. You can find Sean at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. That's X, formerly Twitter, I should say. And uh, we're all at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Happy Super Bowl 58. Let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.